Yes is a power word. The word yes is a power word. Amen. Come on. The word yes is a biblical word and it incites something. It begins something. It starts something when you say yes. Yes is also a response word. You know, in in the Bible, God uh, required his people to respond to him. You know, when God, you know, would declare something or his word would come forth, the people would say, yes, yes, and amen. Yes, Lord, yes. As you say, that is how it is. And that's what God required from his people. And that's what he requires from you and I today, to say yes. Yes simply means, so be it. So be it. As you say, that's how it is. Do you remember when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and told her what was about to happen? She was about to uh, be a part of the greatest miracle uh, anyone had ever known up to that time because she would be uh, part of a virgin birth. The Holy Spirit would come upon her. And not only that, it wouldn't just, she wasn't just having a child. She was having really God himself. Come on. God himself wrapped in flesh. Uh, She was about to have the son of God. And uh, her response was, as you say, according to your word, Lord, so be it. I wonder what would have happened if Mary would not have responded in that way. Perhaps God would have done what he was going to do anyway. But perhaps she would have quenched the Holy Spirit of God. If she would not have agreed with his word. Yes is a power word. Yes is an attitude. Yes is a biblical attitude. Come on. And the only proper response to the word of God is simply yes. That's all we can say. So be it, Lord. If God declares something and God decrees something, our response, saints, has to be yes. Yes, Lord, as you say. You see, yes is not just a word that we think of something, we make up something, it's a fantasy. But yes, when we respond to the word of God, what we're really doing is we're reaching into a reality, the reality of the spirit realm, and we're actually manifesting that reality unto ourselves. Because as we look around, we think what we see is simply our reality, and this is all that there is. But I want you to know that you are really a spiritual being walking around in a three-dimensional world. A lot of us think that we're just physical beings and we're going to have a spiritual experience. No, you're a spiritual being having a physical experience. Come on. And so when you say yes to the word of God, you, like Jesus did, you reach into another world, the world to come. I'm not talking about the terra firma. I'm not talking about the new earth. I'm talking about a time. You're reaching into a time to come and you're pulling back what God has spoken so that it might manifest in your life today, here and now. When you say yes to God. When you say yes, God requires a response from us. God doesn't want us to be people who are wishy-washy. He doesn't want us to be people who don't believe and our response is a response of doubt. Come on. 
God doesn't want us to be people who would say, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. If God said, did God promise that? Well, yeah, he promised it. I just don't know if it's for me. But did he say it? Well, he said it, but I just don't know uh, if that really is his will. See, then we're moving in to what? Doubt. And that's not what God requires of us. He requires a simple yes. Yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to start at verse 18. And the Bible says, in fact, let me start back at verse 17. It says this, Therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the what? Flesh. That with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. Come on. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, I'm down in verse 19, who was preached among you by us, me, Silvanus, Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all, not some, not most, not a few, not on certain days, all of the promises of God in him, talking about Christ Jesus, are yes, and in him, amen. So be it. To the glory of God. What is Paul telling us here? He's saying that our yes is manifest what God is saying in Jesus Christ, who is the word of God. When God speaks and we respond, yes, the manifestation comes. Come on. But we must believe and we must speak. Yes. Yes and amen. God's telling you my promises to you are not yes and no. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. A, E, I, O, U, sometimes Y. My promises are simply yes. That's all it is. When I promise, that's it. I'm not like man. There is no shadow of turning in me. I do not say one thing one day and mean something else a different day. When I say yes, that's it. When I declare that you are the head and not the tail, come on, somebody. The only reason why you're the tail is because you haven't said yes to the promise. Come on. When I declare you are above and not beneath, why then do we walk beneath what God has promised us? Because we haven't said yes. We haven't responded to what God has declared. See, God wants you to live an unshakable life. How many would like to live an unshakable life? I mean, there have been times in my life where I felt good. I was on solid ground. And then there have been times in my life where I felt like I was a little on shaky ground. I didn't know how my boss was going to treat me. I didn't know how, what my family was going to say to a certain thing. I went into the, the bank. I didn't know what the man or the woman would say when I asked for the money or when I did this. I did, it was shaky ground. Come on. I didn't know how I was going to do on the test. I turned it in. And then when it came back, I was kind of looking to see what I, let's see, Okay, it was all right. Come on. I mean, this morning, I went and stepped on the scale. Ooh. 
Oh, okay. All right. I can deal with that. Not where I want to be, but it's not where I used to be. Come on, somebody. But God wants your life to be unshakable. When you walk in a place, you know that I have the favor of God on my life. Come on. And no matter, it's not about the result. It's not about the outcome, but it's about God's favor on my life. It's about me walking in his will. Come on, we want to be smack dab in the middle of God's will. Smack dab in the middle. Come on, somebody. And he wants your life to be unshakable. Unshakable life built on the unshakable word of God. Come on. That's a life that is anchored. It's immovable. Nothing can move me off of this word of God. And guess what? It's indestructible. Even the three little pigs. Come on, the wolf can't come against you. Nothing can blow your house down. Because you're standing on the word of God. And the word of God is unshakable. Here's the unshakable life declaration. In fact, I want you to say this with me today. Look up on the screen. It's up there. Say it with me. One, two, three. I will boldly declare the greatness of God and the power of his word. I will not live in defeat, but will stand my ground and fearlessly praise my God. I know God will lift me up and I will live life with my head held high. I will not walk around this life with my head down, feeling that I am less than somebody else. Well, you know, Brother Jim's got a doctorate degree. Sister Dietra, she's got a master degree. Brother James, you know, he's got this kind of job. And Sister Jody, she's got that kind of car. And I just will never get there. Comparing ourselves to other people causes us to walk in life with our head down. But God looks in you and says that you are approved. You are saved. You are sanctified. You are blessed. You are favored. And so you can walk with your head held high. And it's not, a, it's not a walk of arrogance, but it's a walk telling the enemy, you can't touch me. Come on, can't touch this. You can't touch me, enemy, because I have the word of God in me and I'm standing on it. And I see clearly, come on, it's an immovable, indestructible lifestyle. Come on. That's why God said, my word is not yes and no. Sometimes this. Sometimes up, sometimes down, almost level to the ground. Come on. We don't need to be singing that song anymore. We need to be singing, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen, period. That's it. Not sometimes up, sometimes down, almost level to the ground. Come on. My happiness, listen, happiness is based on happenstance, circumstances. But your joy is something that the enemy can never steal away from you. Only you can give it away. And you need to stand on that. We make choices every day. Come on, you get up on the wrong side of the bed, go back to bed, get up on the right side. Come on. You choose how your day is going to go. Just understand that you're blessed. So be it. Say, let it be, Lord. Come on, affirmation, agreement, positive confirmation, the yes position. My declaration is today I take my yes position in faith and with a right attitude, giving a resounding and divining yes to the Lord who will do precisely as he purposed to do. 
Come on. There's three areas I want us to really concentrate on over the next few weeks that we need to say yes to the Lord. First of all, we need to say yes to the favor of God. Some of you may not believe it, but you are favored of God. Come on, if you've given your life to the Lord, if you have confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that, the, that God raised him from the dead, come on, if you've confessed it and you believe it, then you have favor on your life. God favors you because you have DNA. Yes to favor. And then we need to say yes to breakthrough. Come on, some of us need a breakthrough. Come on, some of us are stuck in the mud at the same place. And I'll tell you what gets you stuck. I was talking with uh, my wife about this the other day. I'll tell you what gets you stuck is nominal success. Come on. When you're, when you're, when you're relatively successful, everything's okay. You know, nothing's too bad, but nothing's too good. Nothing to knock you off your spot. You're just okay. Everything's going along okay. Most of the bills paid. Mostly everybody's, I'm cool with them, you know, not too many people are mad at me, it's okay, I'm going through. And then you get in a, in a frame of mind where you have blinders on, come on, you have blinders, and you don't go any higher, and then you begin to settle for less. And that's when you wake up one day and you look at other people, why is that person so blessed? Why is Jeff, after everything he went through, come on, when the enemy brought against him, but he can testify. Come on, why is he so happy in the Lord? Because he said yes to God. He understands that God favors him. Come on. And he also understands, listen, that the breakthrough is there. We need to say yes to breakthrough. And then thirdly, we need to say yes to the promises of God. Don't doubt his promises. Come on. I know, I know you've been jaded because I know there's some people in your life that have promised one thing and didn't come through. Come on. I realize that it's happened to all of us. In fact, most of us have done it, if you be honest with yourself. Come on. If you, wouldn't, if you look around and wouldn't lie to everybody, come on. You've done it yourself where you promised some things and didn't come through, whether it was on purpose or by accident. Come on. And it's happened to you. But listen, God is not that way. God has never promised something that has not come through. His word has never fallen to the ground, and it never returns to him void. If God speaks it, it's happened. In fact, he lives in eternity, so once he speaks it, it already happened. We just have to wait for the manifestation of it. But it's already happened, and nothing can stop it because the word already came out. That's what you need to realize. Come on. Favor, what are we talking about? Favor, to be designed as a special person, treated with a special kindness. Come on, treat it carefully to avoid uh, advantage and you get you have a but you have an advantage for success but what I'm when I say favor I'm not talking about favoritism okay understand the difference because God is no respecter of person and you might be a person that says well you know if I was just born this way uh-uh no or if I would have went to that school or if I was born at this time or if I would have had this or no no, God doesn't have, he doesn't show favorites in terms of favoritism, but his favor is on everyone. And there's a way for us to appropriate the favor of God. We're going to talk about it. But God will esteem you. You will be respected and blessed, encouraged, prized. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about favor, treasured, 
privileged, honored. You will be, guess what? Lifted up. God will lift you up to a place you cannot lift yourself. Favor is the kindness of God that lifts us to a place of respect, a place of honor, come on, and esteem because of his grace toward us, giving us an advantage for success. There was a doctor years ago that did a study, and he surveyed some Olympic athletes, and he asked this question. He said, if I had a pill that if you took the pill, you would be guaranteed to win the gold medal. However, you would only have one year to live. You only live for a year, but you'd be guaranteed to win the gold medal. You'd have an advantage. This is a true survey. 89% of those, it was a little over 100 athletes, said, yeah, I'd do that. One year to live for an advantage. Then he came back a few years later, which was a few years ago, and he did the same survey again with just a little, little tiny twist on it. He said, if I had a pill that would guarantee that you would win the gold medal over 100 athletes, he said, but you have five years to live. Five years from the moment you took the pill, but you'd be guaranteed that you'd win the gold. 99% of them said, I'd do it. Three of them said no, a little over 100 athletes. 99% of them said, I would do that for an advantage. There's so many people in our, in, our, in, our, in our sphere, come on, that would do anything for an advantage. I just want a little advantage. What if I told you this morning that there is an advantage that you could have that doesn't involve cheating, it doesn't involve regret, regret. It doesn't involve you losing your life. But it would give you an advantage in life. What would you say to that? How many would say, I, I would look into that advantage. Now, I'd look into that. I mean, I'm not going to die in five years. No, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to look back years later and say, I wish I wouldn't have done it. No. Well, guess what? God is offering that advantage to you, and it's called his favor. It's natural for people, whether you know it or like it or not, it's natural for people to want to have an advantage. Anytime you can have an advantage in something, most people will say yes. Some, at what cost, we don't know. But God is offering us an advantage in life at simply no cost. The cost of us saying, yes, Lord, I believe you at being obedient. Favor is a wonderful thing. I'm going to give you some scriptures. You might want to jot some of these addresses down and kind of look at them later. But Proverbs 10.22 simply says this. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one, what? Rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. And it's not just money. <laughs> Come on. He makes you rich in your relationships, rich in life. Come on. And the thing about it, when you, when you hear that term, he, he makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. The first thing you think is, what problems come along with that? If I won the lottery, 
What issues would come along with that? If my Aunt Trudy died and left me $5 million, what friends would come out of the woodwork? Who's trying to kidnap my son? Come on, so that they can get uh, the ransom. I mean, what issues do I now have with, with this money or whatever it may be? That's what we're thinking in terms of sorrow. Here's what God is saying, though. He's saying, if you accept my favor on your life, my blessings, which, by the way, the blessings and favor can be interchangeable. The blessing of the Lord, the favor of the Lord, come on. Uh, he adds that to you, makes you rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. That simply means you won't one day in life look back and say, you know what? I wish I just would have never have done that. At what cost? I mean, some of those athletes in year four, day 362, might look back and say, you know I'm look, I've been looking at this gold medal for the last four years, and it was great the first 10 days. It was great the first 60 days I had it. But now I wish I would have never done that. See, God's favor, God's blessings that he will put upon your life adds to you riches, but there will be no sorrow. You come to the end of your days and say, I'm glad I did it. I was glad then and I'm glad now. I accepted the blessings of the Lord. What about Genesis 39, 21? You might jot that down. It talks about Joseph and how the favor of the Lord was with Joseph. In verse 21 of, of chapter 39, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now, mind you this, this, one of the things I realize, and you might write this down too, Favor is for everyone in every situation. It's for any situation. Not if I grew up this way. Not if I grew up privileged to this family. Not if my last name was this. Favor is for everyone in every situation. Because Joseph had not risen to a position of power. He wasn't the second in command in Egypt at this point in his life. You know where he was? In prison. He was in prison when God favored him. He had so much favor in prison that the uh, keeper of the prison said, you know what, I don't even have to worry about the prisoners. I'm just going to put Joseph in charge. A prisoner he put in charge. Didn't even have to worry about order the food, do whatever it is. You can keep all the other prisoners in line. I can trust Joseph because God favored him. Before that, how he got to that point is the fact that he was in Potiphar's house. You know the story. After he was sold, he was in Potiphar's house. And he had favor in Potiphar's house. Potiphar put him over his whole, all of his servants and everything. He said, this young man has favor on his life. Rose to a position of power in Potiphar's house. And we all know the story of how his wife uh, tried to, you know, entice him and the temptation and all of that came. But guess what? Joseph said yes to the Lord and no to temptation. Come on. Too many of us are saying no to the Lord and yes to temptation. Come on. I ain't calling no names. But come on. Been there, done that. But Joseph said yes to the Lord and no to temptation. See, this is why God was able to favor him. Now we're getting into it because you're saying, well, how can, how can God just favor anybody at no cost? Well, the thing of it is, God looks for those who have integrity. 
and character. He doesn't look for those who are the most beautiful. Come on. There's not enough makeup to make you have favor in the Lord. Not enough push-ups. Come on. To make you have favor in the Lord. But integrity and character. Trustworthy. Come on. These are, God looked at Joseph and said, this man, there was nobody else around. Only Potiphar's wife and him. And in fact, he was so far away from his own country, nobody would have ever known. Potiphar would have never, no one would have even known what would have happened. Yet in that instance, Joseph said, no. No, because I'm saying yes to the Lord. How many in that position would say no when no one else is looking? But that's what God is looking for. You want to know what, what situations God is comfortable in and who he's comfortable favoring? He's comfortable favoring those he can trust. And he knows that they will not turn their back on him. Come on. Joseph, a man of integrity. What about Ruth? 2-2. Two, two. You might want to write that one down. Ruth. She said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him whose sight I might find favor. We know the story of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. Now, most people look at this story as a love story. That he had, he looked upon her and, and, and saw that she was lovely. I want to tell you something, because I've read this several times over. It's not really a romantic love story. That's not what it's all about. That's not what this story is all about. You want to know why he had so much faith? He told Ruth, he said, look, I want you to go out. And follow after my men. Now you can trust them because these are my guys. You can trust them. Trust me. You can trust them. Follow after them. And I've instructed them to leave some for you at the edge of the fields so that you can have a big harvest. And Naomi, when you come back, make sure you let me know. So like, and he began to favor them. But it wasn't so much if you really read it. It's not that he looked upon Ruth. And he said, oh, she's so beautiful, I'm just going to favor her. It was because of the honor that she showed her mother-in-law in the other land. See, Ruth was a Moabite. But because of the honor that she showed, he said, what kind of a woman is this that would honor her mother-in-law so? Now I'm going to favor her. That's why she had the favor. Why? Because of honor. Because of respect. Come on because of integrity, because of character. You want to know why favor is not abundant in your life sometimes? Sometimes we need to look in the mirror and check, do a little oil dipstick. Come on, of our honor, of our integrity, of our character. I'm not just talking about what people say to you. Come on, because you can be a nice guy, you can be a nice girl, and people say, oh, you're just so nice. But I'm talking about when no one else is around. When no one else is looking. Come on. This is the way Ruth was. Samuel said the child grew in stature, 1 Samuel 2.26, and in favor both with the Lord and with men. You know, Daniel was another one. Daniel was a young man, and we know the story. It's a Sunday school story. But Daniel was a man. They, they couldn't, there were, read it, there were 120 PhDs in the land trying to get something on Daniel. 
come on now, we got to get something he's doing wrong. They could find nothing wrong. So they had to make up something. Come on, you remember. Let's make a, let's make a, a, de- a decree. It says you cannot pray to any other God. What do you think about that king? Oh, okay, sounds good. But the king loved Daniel. He wasn't thinking about Daniel when he said okay to the decree. Next morning, Daniel got up, opened his windows, got on his knees, started praying. Listen, I, 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 will, I will follow the law of the land until it directly violates the word of God. And then I must follow the word of God. Come on, who's willing to make a stand now? Come on. I know Jesus said, give the Caesar what's Caesar's. But if it's sin, you cannot do it. In the morning, Daniel prayed. Noon, Daniel prayed. Three, Daniel prayed. Six, they said, we got him. We got him now. Come on, king. You said, and the king said, wait. No, no, no. Daniel said, no, you said, king. You said. The king can't go back on his word, no matter how much he might want to. Remember that as it relates to the Lord. The Lord speaks something over your life. You disobey. God doesn't go back on his word. Come on. The king couldn't go back on his word. So he had to throw Daniel in the lion's den. And we know what happened. They looked in there the next day. Daniel was laying down with the lions. Their pillows. Come on. So then the king threw the accusers in there. And they became lunch. Come on. But Daniel had integrity. Favor of God covers your life. Write down another scripture. One more. Psalms 90, verse 17. I love this scripture. Psalms 90, verse 17. It says, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Another version say, may our sovereign God extend his favor to us. Make our endeavors successful. Yes, make them successful. The people cry out, yes. David cried out, Lord, show favor on me. Yes. There was a response there. And that's what we miss sometimes. You might have missed what I'm saying here. I'm saying, Dan, I'm saying David asked for favor. So a lot of us ask for favor and then hold our hands up. But God is saying, I want to give you favor. What's your response? Do you believe? Remember when Jesus would go to people, blind man, please heal me, Jesus, heal me. He would say what? Do you believe? Do you believe? And what what does that require? A what? Come on, what? A what? It requires a yes. Yes, I believe. When you pray, Lord, show favor on my life. God speaks to you. I already said I'll give you favor. You must say what? Come on, somebody. You must say what? Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, I believe and I receive your favor on my life. Now I will walk in integrity. Come on. The rest of my days. And so the favor of God is in us for any and all situations. 
Favor of God is ready to reign upon you. Proverbs 16, 15, in the light of the king's face is life. And his favor is like a cloud in the latter rain. You ever seen somebody who just seems like they can do nothing wrong or it seems like things just always happen for them? Wherever they go, it seems like there's an open door. I've tried this thing three times. This person comes along and they get right in. I know my wife feels like that sometimes with the computer. I'd have hit the button seven times. Somebody else come over, boom, the thing comes up. Look, what is that? Come on, I've tried that. You ever known people like that? I have. Just seems like just they walk and there's just good situations. That's the cloud of favor. God wants you to walk that way. That's the way God wants you to walk. Now, I know some saying, yeah, I don't know about that. That's not what God, that's not the response he's looking for. Come on, I know it doesn't seem like that's for you. That's for, that's for Jody. I mean, she's beautiful. She talks so elegantly. Uh, she's well-educated. She's a great counselor. That's the person the favor should be on. Guess what? That same favor is available to you as well. Come on. It's available to us all. But our response has to be, yes, Lord. Yes. The favor of God protects us at all times. Psalms 5.12, for you bless the righteous. Listen now. You bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as a shield. You want to know what, who the righteous are? Not those people who do everything right. Come on. Oh, David was righteous. Or do we need to talk about it? Come on. Moses was righteous. Or do we need to talk about it? Noah was righteous. Jonah, even Jonah. He was a prophet of God. You don't get to be a prophet of God without being righteous. Come on. But God does not impute sin upon you. He imputes righteousness upon you. And if you walk with integrity of heart, I'm talking about. Now, this isn't talking about never making a mistake. This is talking about integrity and character of heart. For you bless the righteous, those who have integrity and character of heart. The NET says, certainly you reward the godly, Lord, like a shield you protect them in your good favor. The favor of God protects at all times. The blessing of the Lord is promised to those who walk in integrity. Come on and do what is right. A character. Come on, that God can honor. That's what we need. Favor is our protection. But right living is our key to this favor. I said right living is our key to the favor. Now, when I say right living, don't think you have to wear a certain dress or talk a certain way. That's not what I'm talking about. Not about the clothes you wear. Come on. Not about the way you talk. It's about integrity of heart. What's your purpose? Come on. If God were to test your moral compass in here, what would he find? What direction would he be going? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about those who've never slipped and fall, fallen. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about the moral compass, your desire to follow God. The favor of God is increased 
with loyalty and faithfulness. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Seek the word of God. Come on. This is how favor comes upon your life. Favor builds upon loyalty. And loyalty is keeping every word spoken to someone. To follow faithfully in the tracks of integrity. To be a person in which complete confidence may be placed. Can I put my complete confidence in you, says the Lord. Are you like Joseph? Or are you like Saul? Who, when I tell him to do one thing, he does it halfway. Or he does it most of the way. God's not looking for most of the way people. I said God is not looking for most of the way people. God's looking for some all the way people. 99 and a half. God wants 100. He wants you to say yes, not yes and no. Not sometimes yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm going to leave you with this. Four significant favor lifts. The favor of God will lift you up. It will lift you up from the ground or lift you up from a low place. You, you ever walked in a low place? It just seems like spiritually or just physically you're in a low place. The favor of God will lift you up. You don't have to get up to a high place and then all of a sudden now God's favor is on me. God's favor will find you in a low place and lift you up. It's just up to you to say yes. Back in 1 Samuel 2, 7, the Lord makes poor and he makes rich, but he brings low and he lifts up. Come on, you got a lot of pride? He's going to knock you down. You got integrity and character? He's going to lift you up. He, he dwells in humility. He lifts you up to a new position of rank, power, and favor. Remember Joseph. I remember a time, I won't go into the whole story, but remember I was working a job and uh, I had just got the job and I was so blessed to have the job because it was more money than I ever made in my life. And then I found that I was good at the job and I liked it. And uh, I, I was doing the job for some months and then my boss came around and looked at me and said, you ever uh, thought about being a manager? And uh, in my mind, I was thinking, no, I was just thinking about getting here to work on time. I'm just happy to be, have this job. I, that's all, that's as far as my thought went. I wouldn't, you know, I'm just happy to make this paycheck. I'm, I'm living high on the hog. It's, everything is great. What you talking about? There's something more, you know? And he said, yeah, you ever thought about being management? I said, uh, well, uh, I, what do you think? He says, I think you'd make a great manager. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, uh, there's a position opening up, hadn't even opened yet. Position opening up, and I want you to come see me three days a week for the next two or three weeks, and I'm going to teach you how to interview for this particular job. I want to teach you what to say, how to react, what to study, what you need to know, all of those types of things. And I'm thinking my boss is teaching me how to interview with him for the job. Okay, I'll do that. So he did, and to my surprise... I passed the interview with flying colors. It was amazing. <laughs> and so I said, wow, that must be the favor of God. 
So I took the position, and I had this management position. And at first, I was kind of getting beat up a little bit because I didn't know much about management. But then it seemed like I started getting good at it, you know. I mean, I built relationships with the people, and I knew what I was doing, and, uh, you know, things were going well, and all of a sudden, I began to run these conference calls for the whole Midwest. They would call me for, uh, you know, advice and all this thing, and I was running the calls and telling people, you go here and do that, and man, I'm telling you what, it, I was living higher on the hog then. I was like, man, this is good stuff, man. I must be somebody important. And then all of a sudden, they said, well, we're shutting down this area. We're moving it to Detroit. And in my mind said, I'm not moving to Detroit. I mean, you know, it's okay, Detroit. People live in Detroit. It's all right. But I'm not moving to Detroit. I don't care. This is not my city. So I said, wow, well, all good things come to an end. That was what was in my mind. Come on. All of a sudden, three days after that happened, lady called me up. This is so-and-so over in the engineering department of the company. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what does she want? You know, we must have done something wrong in our department for this. The engineering department was very prestigious in our company. You know, it's like where you get to and nobody leaves this department. And, you know, because it's like they, we called it the country club. It was one of those cake jobs, you know. And, uh, I mean, you had to have the brains to do it, you know. But uh, she called and I said, oh, boy, what did we do wrong? She said, well, I understand your area is going away. And I wanted to know if you wanted to come over here to engineering. You ever thought about engineering? In my mind, I'm thinking, no, I never thought about engineering. I don't know anything about engineering. I don't even know what you're talking about. I know what an engineer is on a train, and I understand that engineers sometimes draw stuff. I don't know what they draw, what they use. I don't know what you're talking about. But I said, yes, that sounds good. <laughs> so I said, boy, now I'm in trouble. I said, I'm in trouble because... I got to go interview for this engineering position. I don't even know what that means. I didn't go to school for engineering. I don't even know what it, what it means to be an engineer. So I'm like, oh, Lord. So I go into the office, sit down. She starts, she asked me a couple questions. How was this job? What did you do on that job? Then she just tells me about the engineering job. Well, this is what you'll be doing, this and that. You're going to train under this person, and I'm going to expect this. Now, what hours do you want to work? What hours do I want to work? Well, I like to come in at 9 and leave at 2. I, I knew I couldn't say that. So I said, how about 7 to 4? She said, that sounds good to me. I said, man, this is great. And what the Lord showed me through that whole, that, that happened probably in a span of about three years. And what God began to show me was that this is the way that you can walk in your life. Now, it doesn't have to do with being arrogant or any of those things, but God began to show me if you will have integrity of heart, and if your moral compass will be pointed the right way, and if you'll read my word and say yes and amen to it, I will begin to open doors that you didn't even know were there. You didn't even know there was a door. You just looked and saw a wall. But guess what? I opened the door. You said, I didn't know a door was right there. Yeah, there's a door there. God will begin to open doors that you haven't even seen. But our job in the whole thing is to do what? Say yeah. yes. Yes to favor. Now, our yes to favor includes us walking in integrity. If you should fall, you have an advocate with the Father. Don't fall and keep your head down. Remember, I will hold my head high. Even if you mess up, because all you got to do is turn back to the Lord. I said I was going to leave you with this one last thing. Remember, remember Adam and Eve. Talked about this before. Remember, 
ate of the fruit, Adam ate of the fruit, realized they was naked. Come on, that's just what the Bible said, they was naked. And they ran and hid. But you know, the God is like hiding behind this. They can't, them people can't see me. I don't, I don't know what they're looking for, they can't see me. Shh, be quiet. He's telling Eve, be quiet, girl, you're talking too loud. But God found them. He found them. And uh, they ran from the Lord. And God still blessed them. I've been in that position. But here's where God's trying to get us to. Even should you mess up, you're going along your day, you tempted, you mess up, guess what you should do? Run. Lord, 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 wait. Before you say anything, hold on a second. Uh, I messed up. Just want you to know. Uh, two seconds ago, I messed up. I told that lie. And please, I thank you for forgiving me. I repent of it. Go to him right away. Because judge yourself and you will not be judged. Come on. Judge yourself and do it quickly. God wants us to say yes to favor. This week, realize that you have favor on your life. Amen. Realize that God is already, I don't care what your circumstance is, what you're walking through, what people are saying about you, what your family's saying, situations, hospital, doctor, boss, husband, wife, car, whatever situation, circumstances in your mind and in your heart, you have to realize I'm going to hold my head high because God has favor on my life. And I'm saying yes to your favor and see how God will just take you right on through. Sometimes the best way out is through. Not around, not under, not over. Just go through. Because the grace of God, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What? You, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, you are with me through it all. doesn't matter what I go through. David said, if I make my bed in hell, you are with me. It's more important for God to be with me than where I am. Go to hell? Okay. God is, you have to know God is with me there. <laughs> as long as I'm not separated from God, I don't care where I am. Amen? How many are going to say yes to the favor of God on your life? Amen?